You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 50. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. 50 podcasts. I can't believe we are already on number 50. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast, and I can't think of a better way to celebrate 50 than to have on an amazing guest today that I'm super excited to talk to and share this information with you. Today I have Valerie Hunt on the podcast. She is one of Austin's very best running coaches. She's award-winning here in Austin, and she has absolutely absolutely helped me as a runner transform my form. That's why that's why I have to say it. She's transformed my form with pose running. So I have a fantastic interview all about pose running. If you don't know what it is, if you are a runner, if you're not a runner, but you always wanted to be a runner, this is definitely the episode for you. And I have to say, she says some pretty amazing, inspiring things. You wait until you hear this part about her and how she, I think she hit a two-minute PR her mile by changing her form a little bit. And it wasn't because she was working harder. I think she said she went from an 8.30 to a 6.30 pace because of this one thing she changed in her form. So pretty exciting. Go ahead and welcome Valerie coming up. But just so you know, hang on till the end of the episode because she is offering a ridiculous discount on some of her programs that she's now offering online. Here we go. Okay, I'm so excited to have you on the show today, Valerie. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to talk to you, Kim. Awesome. Well, as a lot of people know, because definitely on social media, I post a lot about you and how much you have changed running for me, and I have seen you change running for so many people. Let's get right into it. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you, you, know, you got into running, and tell us a little bit about pose running. Okay, well, I got into running when I moved to Austin in 1990, by the way, and I came here to go to UT and be a kinese major, and fortunately for me, I was already in the fitness industry, so I came to Austin, I got a job teaching aerobics, being a personal trainer, and someone said, well, now that you're in Austin, you need to go outside and run, we've got this great running town, so I immediately loved it, by the way, when I started running, just being outside, all of the fun that comes with running. And then I had like running injuries, which I had never had before. So like everybody else, went to the running shoe store and bought the shoe that was going to fix that. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> and as I, uh, in, in the community back then, and I hopefully not today, but people were very, um, everybody was hurting. So everybody, like knee pain, shin splints, planner, these were terms that runners knew about. So I thought, well, okay, everybody else is feeling it. I don't feel too out of sorts. But then when I started to actually coach people for running, I thought, well, gosh, if if it's hard enough for me to to try to run pain-free, it's going to be hard for me to coach other people. And I started doing some research and started training um, actually for triathlons, the second love of Austin. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I bought a triathlon book. And in the book, I found you should learn how to run. And it had a little introduction to the pose method of running. Well, it was like a light bulb went off in my head because it wasn't really strange that I was going to teach people to swim and bike, but no one had thought about maybe I should learn to run. Mm-hmm. So I went through the book and I was so excited and I thought this is great because now maybe I'll get myself pain free. I can teach people. And uh, what's fun about it is now that life is so different, but back then I wanted to learn more. So I went to the index of the book. I called the phone number for Pose. And I've had a working relationship with Dr. Romanoff, the founder of Pose Method, since about 2000. And we've been working together uh, since 2004 for coaching. So I have spent a lot of years learning about running mechanics, technique, helping people change their form. And fortunately, I have also been pain-free since, since then. So Amazing. There's, there's <laughs> the background. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing because I do think there's a lot of people out there who just think that pain comes with running and it's part of something you just have to get through. 
and really until you have your form sort of analyzed and you know what you're working with. And then this concept of pose running, I mean, like you were just saying, like who would think that you have to go learn how to run properly? It's like the one thing you can do. Go put your shoes on and go outside and run, right? Right. And and yet now that I'm so understanding of it all, you know, since you've taught me so much, now I can like, you know, I see what other runners are doing and, and the injuries that I see. And I'm always like, oh, you have to see Valerie, you know, you have, you're not pose running. You know, and, and, and the thing about pose running, and I want you to explain it a little bit, but it's so basic and yet so valuable, you know. So tell us exactly what is pose running. So pose basically means position. So Dr. Romanoff back about 45 years ago, he was, uh, he was a high jumper, by the way, that was his sport. Huh. And, he was, and then he was uh, becoming a professor at his university. And they asked him to start doing uh, track and field, to start coaching track and field athletes. And in high jumping, it's very specific. There's standards that are very specific. So he asked, what's the standards for the running? (laughs) And Mm. they said, there's no standards for running. And he really thought that was a shame. And, you know, kind of a funny story. So he asked one, this is in Russia, right? So he asked one of the other coaches, well, what do you do to have the runners run a little faster? And the guy said, well, you yell, run faster (laughs) or blow your whistle. That works. Well, so what about all the people that you blow the whistle and they don't run faster? So he started to videotape people, old people, young people, elite athletes, you name it, thousands of video. And initially he was looking for what everyone does differently. Why do you run faster than her? What's going on? And then he actually was looking, you know, again, Russian, he was looking inside of a ballet practice at a ballet class. And what he noticed is they kept practicing the same basic positions over and over, the same, you know, base positions that they think there's five in ballet. Mm -hmm. So he thought, well, I wonder if there's a base position for running. So he went back to the videos, started watching. Well, lo and behold, there is every single runner runs what we call through the pose so at some point in everyone's run they are actually in that position and all it is it's an aligned position ears shoulders hips ankles in one line which by the way when you're standing is also how you would stand it's also the correct position for any standing movement if you think about it so basically what he found is okay we all go through this some of us get there faster and leave the ground faster and those are the runners that are the fastest runners Hmm. and the runners that also understand how to use gravity. So a lot of a really elite runners, a lot of skilled runners, they didn't learn this. It's something that they naturally found. So it's very hard to catch it with your eye. So unless you film somebody, it's very hard to see. You can't see the fall. You can feel the fall once you learn it, but you can't see it. So one of the better things he did as well is created a series of drills and the drills is what, how you learn, how you connect the brain to the body to learn the correct movement. And in every other sport, there is drilling, in swimming, in cycling, in soccer, in tennis, you name it. Every other sport has these drills for the person to get the mechanics better. And of course, now I know we have them in running, but generally, a lot of people that did any skill work for running was really like sprinters, right? Sprinters will do, you see the kind of warm up that they do. And then distance runners just kind of got into the frame of just running all the mileage. Mm-hmm. And then if you run more, you'll be better at running. So that's kind of where he changed that, that mindset that they're actually, we should all look a certain way in running, not just that's how you run, just go for it. Hmm. And it's amazing. And I have to say for, for anybody listening right now, whether you're not a runner, this is great for you. If you're not a runner yet, but you always wanted to be one, I have to highly recommend that you start getting some pose running training. You can you talk to Valerie. Um, and if you are a current runner and you get pose running training, what I have to tell you that I learned is that you're going to learn these drills and it's not enough to just do them once. Like I literally did these drills, Valerie, that you taught me every single day for you know three months at least when we first started working together. And it takes that, like you can't just think like, I'm gonna try these drills once and I'm gonna be a faster runner. Like if this is something that you're interested in, it does take some time and you really do have to do these drills, would you say, you know, pretty much daily? 
Well, sure. It's it's like uh, playing the piano, right? So what do you, most of the people, when they take their first lesson, they learn the keys and then chopsticks, and then they have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. It's the same with your body. And especially if you've been running a long time, so you've developed some movement patterns that are just habitual, and now we're going to change those movement patterns. There's a, there's a definitely a progression curve. And then one thing to say to people, yes, of course it takes a while because I'm learning something new, but the connection you get from your mind and your body when you actually take the time to learn a movement is something you're going to carry with you for the rest of your running life. So I tell people, any way you're going to warm up, right? Any way you're kind of practicing running. So don't think of adding skill training as like, you know, homework. Think of it as like supplement. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got this extra great thing that I'm adding to make my body move that much better. So if we change the mindset that way, because that's the question I get, the first question I get, how long will it take to learn? Well, you'll learn in five minutes, and Kim can attest to that. The, it, the simplicity of it is amazing. You get into this position, you let your body fall forward, you pull your foot from the ground, that's it. But the reality of it is, that's not what I've ever been doing before. And so, you know, you have to look at it as, okay, I'm going to integrate this new movement, so I'm going to just commit to practice. Yeah. And would you say today that now you're just running? Like, you might be aware of your running, but... Yes. Oh, definitely. Like, I think we've been working together almost a year now when I first saw you, you know, maybe a little under a year. And at first it was like every single step I was thinking, thinking like, okay, I have to pull, I have to fall. I, you know, everything was so much thought. And then I, it really did evolve to a point where like, and I would even tell my other coach, Natasha, like, oh my God, I went for a run today and I was running. Like it, it, right. it, like, it just like, it, it happens, but it happens over time. And, you know, it's no different. People ask me all the time the same thing. Like, oh, well, how long did it take for that client to lose all that weight? I always, right. I always want to say, does it matter? Does it matter if it took her three months or one year to lose that 50 pounds? Because the fact is she did it. And, right. you know, it does take time. You are not going to change anything important if, if you don't practice it and it takes a certain amount of time. But yes, I can say that, um, yes, I am able to run it now much better. And it has, I think it's taken a year. And, th and that includes me going back to you every few months and sort of we do a form check and you would still say, okay, you still need to work on this. Or you would, you would sort of like reawaken me on certain things I'd already forgotten. And so I do think it's important for people to realize that, yeah, you're, you're not going to change overnight, but if you can start making these small changes and you're willing to work on it, I think it's amazing at what it can do. And again, for the new people, like if you are not a runner, this is the time before you have the bad habits to really take action on this. Um, now with pose running, you know, that's a certain kind of running. Are there other styles that have like a name like pose running does? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a uh, chi running, natural running, free form running. <laughs> are, are they all pretty similar? Yeah. And, you know, this is what I've learned over the years. So. I've been now studying and teaching pose for 17 years of my life. And so I tell people, like, none of us want to be closed-minded or too dogmatic, that there aren't new things or maybe there's something to learn, right? That's, that's definitely the way we should all be about physical movement. There's always new things coming out and all that kind of things. But the reality is every, every type of running form that I've seen, unfortunately for them, they never got the simplicity of what the pose is. And the pose is simply the position. And you, there's not a better position for the body. Like anatomically, we are meant to have, you know, ears, shoulders, hips in alignment with midline stability. So there's not, there's a, there's no one yet has given me a, a good enough, uh, I guess, uh, alternative if you will so mm -hmm. some of these they say the exact same thing as pose so they'll say things like shorten your stride they'll say things like increase your cadence so they say the right thing they don't know how to get you there like they don't have the drill that that's what you're missing because you know for example I also lift a lot of weights I'm a weight trainer and there's mechanics on weight lifting that are standardized and that we all agree upon on the squat and the deadlift. And if you saw, even without being a strength coach, if I walked up to pick something up off the ground and I just bent over, 
and picked it up and stood back up, anybody would look at that and go, wow, she's probably going to hurt her back instead of bending my knees, right? Coming down, yeah. right? So some of these things that we all recognize as should be's, no one does that with running. And so if I say to you, hey, Kim, go out for a run tomorrow and try to shorten your stride and run tall, which I hear all the time, <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Like run tall, that doesn't mean anything to me that maybe I'm going to try to stand up a little higher, but you know, I'm as tall as I am. Or someone might say something like, you're in a race and they're like, relax your shoulders, you know, or pump your arms or these action words, because those are the things that people can see, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's um, when, when I look at the other running forms or I listen to other coaches talk about running, I hear a lot of the similar words. And I think most of us at this point, we can recognize that, you know, heel striking is hard on the body. Now there's direct scientific evidence. They've They've done enough studies that they can measure the impact. So some of these things, I think all of us in the fitness industry are starting to understand. The biggest thing we have to overcome is the understanding that we're actually using gravity as a force to move forward. Mm -hmm. And this is still, you know, and it's really funny, by the way. So when I first did meet Dr. Romanoff, so I'm a kinese major, which is not a bad major, but (laughs) I, I learned a lot of anatomy and physiology. We never studied physics. So when I was first learning this, and Romanoff talks in big words, and there's physics, and there was equations, I was in my head like, wow, I'm going to fail. <laughs> fail running. Well, the reality is I actually went out and bought a book on the basics of physics, and I self-taught myself some of these things that we probably should have learned in wherever we should have learned it. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that are make a lot of sense are all related to basically gravity. And once we start to look at the movement based on that, right? So, I mean, then you start to think, okay, you can't argue it because in 45 years, the constant of gravity stayed the same. So I was telling someone, I was like, a lot of the words I see, a lot of the other running forms I see or techniques, um, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that they don't teach what's actually happening. And so then if we're not talking in the same language, then none of us are actually learning. Yeah, and I have to say, I think you nailed it when you just said uh, to the effect that it, a lot of you are all saying the same things. And I've had many coaches and all of them have been amazing. I have trained with Gilbert's gazelles and Gilbert is phenomenal. Um, obviously Natasha Vundermer, she's my tri coach and she's my run coach right now for my marathon as well. And all of them have said the same thing to me, Valerie, that you have said, but you were the only one who could break it down to get me to actually do it. And that I think was the most amazing thing to me. And you know, and I've said this story before and Natasha is my coach and she basically saw me running after working with me for like six or eight months. She saw me in a race and she pretty much looked at me after the race and said, you just looked terrible. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't hold, she doesn't hold back. She speaks the truth. And, right. and I was so crushed just because like here I had, you know, I raced a 5k. I did my best. I was so exhausted. And she was very honest. She said, you look terrible. She kind of had this, like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm sending you to Valerie. You know, <laughs> I, I trained with Valerie and it's time for you to go see Valerie. And I was like, fine, I'll go see Valerie. And for one, I always commend a coach who, who can send you to another coach because they need to, you know, and Natasha yeah. is such a great yeah. coach that she's not afraid of losing me as, you know, a client. She's saying, I need you to hear it or work with someone because I'm not breaking through to you. And her only goal is that I get better. It's not of about course. her. So I always commend her for that. So she sent me to you. You told me the same things that she did, but then you broke it down for me in a way that I got it. And like you said, part of it are these drills and how you do it. I think you said things a little bit different as well. And for whatever reason, it clicked for me. And, And that's why I always tell all my clients and everyone out there, I don't care if you're a swimmer, a biker, or a runner, get as many coaches as you can because one coach might say it in a way that clicks. And I think that's a benefit completely at all times. Um, But yes, definitely, it does seem like everyone's saying the same type of things, but the way that you break it down with pose running, it definitely helps. Now, let me ask you this. How many people are coming to you right now because they're injured? (laughs) The majority, Okay. unfortunately. So that's the other goal, right? So you know, there's a big thing with running and the, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it, which I know is in a lot of different things, but you know, in running in the United States, 
is about 40 years old that really people have been recreationally running and it's growing and it's growing and it's growing and the injury rate has not gone down. The same number of people are getting injured today that were getting injured 30 years ago. And that's not a good thing, you know, because that means it's a larger number of people that are actually injured because there's more of us that are running. And until we change the mindset to becoming preventative to where we need to learn the skill of running, you know, again, before we start running a lot of distance, uh, again, that needs to to come. It's going to come from two places. It's going to come from coaches like Natasha and it's going to come from the the world of physical therapy, uh, sports science, you know, sports doctors. Because if I go to see my, I don't know, my PT, right, I've got a running injury. And they're like, okay, you've got a knee pain. Let's fix the knee pain. Well, if we don't fix the mechanics and the movement that caused the knee pain, well, then my knee's just going to hurt, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's a... That, that's what I'm seeing. And what's really exciting, by the way, is Poe's method today is now 34 continue, 32 or 34 continuing education units for physical therapy. Oh, in the wow. So now all of a sudden, physical therapists are learning to become Poe's coaches. And they, it's not so much that they want to be running coaches. It's because they see all these running injuries. So now it's like they're going to have a way to treat the injury. And it's like anything else. The runner will more likely go initially, I think, to a PT than to have in their mindset to go see a running technique. And that's what we're trying to change. And, 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 and also, like, there's a stigma because, like, when I say to people, like, after this podcast today, I'm going to my daughter's school and I teach a running class every Thursday for these kids. And I've been teaching them for the last two years. And they love it. They're having fun. And the, some of the parents initially, of course, or other people say to me, oh, these kids don't know how to run. Doesn't everyone know how to run? So there's still that mindset, right? Yeah. yeah. So if I'm supposed to know how to run and I'm hurting or I'm not good at it, there's this little thing that it must be my fault. I'm not good enough. I don't run enough miles or I'm doing something wrong because there's not a, a big acceptance yet of, hey, Who's been working on their run form? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and what's funny, by the way, so, like, I'm also not, like, you mentioned Gilbert. Well, Gilbert, yeah, phenomenal runner and speed of insane. I mean, he's he's amazing, right? Oh, yeah. And I came into running not as a runner. So I'm just like everybody else. I'd never run before. I lifted heavy weights. I taught aerobics. And so when I came into running, I treated it like a weightlifting activity. I pounded the pavement and I was like <laughs> heel strike, you know, all of it. And, um, <laughs> and then it's funny because like as an aerobics instructor back then, I was expected to have every certification, as you can imagine, yeah. and, and teach. Like people didn't come into my step class and I was just like, here's all the moves, let's go. You had to like teach the basic movements, right? Sure. When I finally got around to the pose and, and learning that, to me, I was like, this is great. Like, this is a running thing. And I thought everybody would be so excited, and they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> the community did not accept me. And what's interesting is, um, I don't know, I, you know, it, it's like anything else. Like, even when I met Romanov, and he said to me, why do you not run faster? So I was, back then, 2004, I was like an 830 miler. Like, for whatever distance, 5K to marathon, I ran an 830 pace, which, by the way, is a great pace. That's good that you said that. <laughs> I mean, listen. I will take that pace my whole marathon. <laughs> me too. In fact, every marathon I've run has been about an 830 pace. But Romanov said, why? Well, his question was more, why are you running a 5K at an 830 and a marathon at 830? They're two completely different races. And but I said, I don't know, I'm just running like that was just my running. Mm-hmm. And then he asked me, well, have you ever, you know, because even then I had been learning pose. So in my mind, I was already a pose runner. So he said to me, you're not falling. And that didn't make sense to me, just so you know. Hmm. And so he worked with me and I literally changed from an 830 runner to a 630 runner. Oh, my God. Yeah, in 5Ks to half marathon. I ran the 3M at a 637. Oh. And what 
what was interesting about it is I told someone, it's not like he changed my cardiovascular system, right? I was already almost 30 years old by this point. Um, you know, he was like, you're fit. You're not getting fitter. (laughs) So he said, you just have never actually run. You've never actually run and used your cardiovascular system. You've been running using your muscles. You've been reaching and heel striking. So all of your effort has been misplaced. You've got a lot of work capacity. You're just not putting it in the right spot. So once he taught me to really feel the fall, my times dropped not because I got fitter, and I want people to get that. It's because I simply was more efficient. Now, that being said, I spent three months with my new falling and my new times because I had to adapt my body, right, to be able to handle that difference in mile time over distance. Hmm. Because even though you can do it, right, you still have to progress and all the, all the training that goes in with it. But what's really fun for me today, all these years later, and you know this, I don't race much anymore, guys. I, I run, I enjoy it, I love it. I coach so many people to great race times. I myself am a participant at this point, <laughs> but I can still but I can still go out and knock out a sub eight minute race. You know, I can stay in the sevens, I'm very comfortable. You know what I mean? So nice. it's like, and, and it's because I still practice the skill of falling. Uh, here's a little fun story. I had a guy come, he's still in Austin. He's 91 years old. His name is Joe Barger. And he came to me at age 85 and he said, I want to run the Congress Avenue mile in under 10 minutes. And I ran it in 1047. And this is him at 85. And of course, me being me, I was like, absolutely. And I mean, we were literally like, we wanted a 959.59. That was the goal. So of course, he came to my running classes. He came every Monday. We worked on his fall, you know, all the same drills that everybody else gets. He ran an 850. Wow. At 85 years of age. And by the way, at 91, he just ran the 3M half marathon. He's still running. Oh, he my doesn't, gosh. He doesn't care so much about his times, but he still has all of his muscle elasticity. He hmm. still has all of his endurance, and he still has the want to. And hmm. the reason is because he's not hurting. Yeah. Like running is still fun for him. And I told someone, I was like, don't wait till you're 85. (laughs) But but my point is, it's not too late. Whether you've never run or you've been running for years, you are going to benefit. Amazing. Yeah, that's all of that's amazing and and very inspiring what you're telling us about even yourself and how you were able to fix one, not a little thing, because I know the fall is the hardest part and, and certainly something I still struggle with. But the fact that you were able to work on that one efficiency aspect of running to increase your time by so much and it wasn't about pushing harder, you know, because usually right. it's like, you know, why aren't you running faster? Oh, you need to work harder. And I always, you know, struggled with that myself. It's like, well, I am going as hard as I can, like I'm dying, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's like, well, how can you be more efficient so that that's not happening, but yet you're still going faster. So you just inspired me again. I better get working on my fall again. I'm going to have to work on that a little more in the next month. Um, tell me this, uh, what's the number one thing that you see runners doing wrong? Uh, reaching. Okay, explain active that. Reaching. So active reaching is when you're running and you extend your front leg forward and basically what you're doing is you're looking for the ground, so we call it. So I'm reaching my leg forward and, and I know the mindset is reaching my leg forward is getting me further forward. So that makes sense, right? Because how many people say, Running is just putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say that. And the reality is it's not. Running is replacing your foot with the other. Mm-hmm. And the only way to actually travel in running is when both feet are actually off the ground. The only time you're actually moving forward is when you're in the air. Otherwise, you're fast walking. So what happens is people change. When they run, they just try to take their walking and make it running. So they're just trying to reach their foot forward and reach their foot forward. And unfortunately, what that does is that forward reach is like an early break. So basically, you put your foot out, your body stops moving for a second, your body has to catch up to that foot, and then it can travel forward. So then what happens is you're running in a series of start stops, which is that's where the impact comes in. That's where the jarring comes in. And it's and the, the thing is, Kim, you're on the ground for a tenth of a second. 
Mm. So it's it, all this is happening, you know, in a short, short time. And what's hard about it is, you know, they, they say on average uh, a mile is about 1,500 steps. And I always say to someone, if I put a 30-pound weight on your ankle, would you want me to tell you to go run 15? <laughs> <laughs> but what's happening is that, like, it's, is that when you take your foot out in front of you and you hit the ground with it, you know, that's what the studies all show. It's three times your body weight. And if you're on your heel, it's three extra hammer strikes. And the person usually doesn't feel it for two reasons. One, because either they're wearing a shoe that's very protected or two, that's how running has always felt. So they've adapted to that feeling. And, you know, if you, when you watch a runner that's pretty smooth, like I just went and watched the Austin Marathon finish, the difference between the people finishing, you know, obviously in the early, in the, you know, three hour range mm -hmm. versus the four hour range, it's two different running styles, you know? And it's not that the people running four hours and five hours aren't working hard. And that's, you know, that they're working so hard. Yeah. They're just, they're just putting all of the work. It's like you're putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're reaching and the reaching is causing them to slow down, but they don't know that. So they just try to keep reaching more. And is this the <laughs> same as heel striking? It doesn't have to be heel striking. It generally is a heel strike, okay. but you can also reach and land, you know, in any part of the foot. Some people, unfortunately, are landing on the outside of their foot. You know, you can look at the bottom of your shoe and you can see kind of what you do. Mm -hmm. The heel is most common. And, and you know, by the way, it, it's unfortunate, but it's just an is. Meaning, like when the shoe companies saw that people were, in fact, heel striking, their response was to just cushion the heel. And I always say that, you know, if I was helping somebody and I saw that that helped them feel better, well, okay. You know what I mean? I don't see it as like a negative. I see it as that was their response mm -hmm. to what they were saying, right? And so that's kind of like, think about it. Most runners, they just mimic other runners. So if, if all you see is other people running around heel striking and look at the media, like almost every, now it's changed, right? But for a long time, when you would see pictures of runners, their foot's reaching out. So it gives you the mindset that if I reach out, I'm going to travel further. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest mistake I see. And I was a heel striker, and I, I never too. thought I never thought we could fix it. I mean, when you've been running that long, not that I've been running since I was a little person, <laughs> a little girl or anything, but I've been running for long enough, like 15 years, that I never thought we could take the heel strike out. And now... Yeah. I can't heel strike if I try to. Right. <laughs> well, and to think about, let's talk about this side of running. So how many of you guys out there listening, how much time do you really spend on strength training your feet and doing mobility specific for your ankle? I know a lot of you stretch your calves or stretch your hamstrings, which is awesome, by the way. But how many of you are rolling the bottom of your foot? How many of you are really doing toe scrunches? How many of us are really doing things to open the ankle and have range of motion? Well, most of us aren't because a lot of people, they roll the area of pain. Mm -hmm. So if my shins are tight or my calves are tight, I don't think about the foot. And so a lot of times people have pain in, in, in other areas of their body and they roll it. I see it all the time here at the gym. People come in after work. And they just want to roll their neck because they've been on the computer all day, right? And then I'm always like, start with your feet. <laughs> <laughs> your foundation, by the way. Yeah. Right? That's your foundation. And so we, and then you put on a thick shoe so I don't have to feel my foot. So it's like we've taken runners and we've removed them from their feet. <laughs> and, and that's the problem because unless I have a floppy ankle, I can't have a relaxed landing. Unless I have strength in the foot, it's very hard for runners. You you know, think about when I put my foot on the ground, all of my body weight's going on my foot. So if it's not prepared for my weight, then over time there's going to be damage, right? Absolutely. So don't wait for the plantar fasciitis. Prevent it before it gets there. And, and it's interesting because, um, like, again, a lot of us when we meet to go running, so like me, I teach track classes. Well, we don't all hook up with our foam rollers. It's 5.30 in the morning. Like, we get there, we warm up, and we're done. You know, we got to go. Sure, sure. <laughs> and so we need to start, like, as a community saying, you know what, I've got to spend at least three days a week 
take five minutes just for my lower leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see it far too often. You know, I see everybody go for their long run. And like you said, like everyone's in a hurry. So they get in their car. Like they don't stretch yes. at all. And I, I even, you know, I see it in my cycle classes. I see it everywhere. And I, and I have to say that I'm, I'm very big on stretching. So, you know, especially lately, if it means I have to cut a run or a bike ride five minutes short to get in the stretching, I will. Because I know in the end that that stretching period is actually more important than the extra five minutes of the exercise routine. Um, what's your feeling on stretching versus rolling? Okay. So I'm a big fan of mobility. So that's the rolling, the flexibility, the dynamic range of motion. So that, I tell you, before you run, you know, before I run, I would never do a static stretch. Exactly. Yay. Yay. So, but I would roll, I wouldn't, you know, and I don't have, you know, I would maybe, before I run, I do like my ankle rolls, just standing in place, real simple, roll back and forth the ankles, you know, ankle circles. These are things like, again, I'm getting blood flowed into the ankle joint. So that I would do before I run. I do hip opener. So I have a little routine I do. All of it just to get movement because I'm about to move. Then when you're done running, then what I like to do is give people like a short, you know, like not even a minute, like maybe a minute of like this, uh, again, another little bit of dynamic mobility and then static stretching. Yeah. I don't believe I, I tell people like, I'm not a, I don't know. Like I, I stretch the important parts, you know, like I, I really like to get the quad, the hamstring, the calf, you know, the big range of motion muscles. Right. And so absolutely. But again, just like you said, it doesn't have to be an hour, right. 10 minutes, 10 minutes, a day on working on yourself, like, and that could be five minutes before and five minutes after. Sure. Would go so far. And, and that's, so, you know, we can, uh, all of us out here, endurance land, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a mindset of it has to be a lot to be worth it. So I think a lot of people kind of go that way where they're like, well, what's five minutes? Yeah. When you're like, no, actually five minutes adds up. Oh, yeah. It does. It definitely yeah. does. Now, and, and this is like a whole topic in itself that, I, you know, I said, but it's like what I'm noticing in the endurance world that I live in is that nobody stretches anymore. Everybody just rolls. And I, I personally am, a, <laughs> I'm a stretch person. I, I physically feel better from stretching, not rolling. And I'm not yeah. saying rolling's bad, but do you know what I'm, do you see this too? Yeah. yeah. And, and well, do, do you I think that's, that's good or what do you think well, about that? Don't you think it's the same thing, though? It's like, um, well, I got this new toy, so I want to play with it, I right? Guess. I guess. Ca- I call it lazy stretching. Everybody's, like, <laughs> laying on the roller, but it's like they're not – they're just letting it fall into one point. But I just – I don't know. Like I said, it, it is a whole podcast in itself where I need to do the research. But it's just something I have I've had on my mind for a long time. I just want to bring that up Well, because I tell people, look at the people that do the most body work they don't have gadgets. Yeah. They're just using their body. And there's some really good ways to like stretch your hamstring, just to lay on your back, stick your leg up the wall. You know, you don't have to anything or just a good pigeon. Like there's stuff I borrow from yoga. Obviously I'm sure we all do, but I'm like, you don't have to go take a 90 minute class. Just, you know, three really good stretches. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, and that's, you know, again, we're like the more is better mentality. So like I have people that are like, oh, I didn't do my whatever my my myself. I call it self-care. I didn't do my self-care because I wanted to get my miles in. Right. right. We know that right. miles. In. And I said, well, that's great. But, you know, the five minutes you missed on that last mile, like you will kick yourself if yeah. you, you know, like are out from running. Because that's what I told someone. I was like, there is no worse thing in my mind than not being able to run due to an overuse injury or just an injury that could have been prevented if I would have just done a little bit of extra work. And I yeah. think, unfortunately, some of us have to get there first. But, yes, please please take care of you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and and if, there was a, if there was some kind of, like, badge or app, if, you know, you got stretching on Strava, then maybe people would do it. But <laughs> instead, they just care about their mileage on Strava. Right, right. Okay. And I'm sure coming i'm sure we'll, we're yeah just exactly it, it is more important but um so you know one thing that we kind of briefly talked about is is other coaches and, and what i mean by this is 
And obviously I just said, so my coach referred me to Valerie. So if you're out there listening and you're like, okay, well, this all sounds really good to me and, and I want to work with Valerie and, she, and I, we're going to talk about some online um, offerings that she has too. So even if you don't live in the Austin area, you can still work with Valerie. But you might be thinking to yourself, but I have a coach already who I love and I couldn't do this to my coach. Like we all have a loyalty to our coaches. And so that is why I, you know, it's, it's sometimes really hard for people to say, well, I'm going to go try this with Valerie because they are part of a running group. Now, what I always want to explain to people is that Valerie is not trying to take away business from other running coaches. She really isn't. I know this because I worked with her and she sent me back to Natasha. She, <laughs> she does have the option. She does have running groups. If you want to run with her, that's great. But... I want, Valerie, maybe you can explain to people, like, if they come to you, your goal is to help them and send them back to their group. Is that right? Right. I, I tell people, like, I'm a plug-in. I'm a, I'm a supplement. I love I'm it. A, another supplement. And, and honestly, what's been amazing with the online, I'm now, I've probably coached way more people outside of Austin than inside of Austin. Amazing. You know? Yeah. And, and I think a, I, I have two thoughts on that one is i think that more people are using remote training and it's not strange anymore to do that and by the way the majority of these people that i coach online also have a coach and a lot of them are like they have a strength coach or they have an endurance coach they're just looking for technique work from me mm -hmm. and again just like you said that doesn't mean you couldn't i don't have running groups though that's i don't okay <laughs> i do have track interval sessions that's right because and the reason i don't is for the main reason, like you just said, because what I'm for is for you to come and learn technique. For you to come, let me watch you run, I'll film you run, and then I'll help you with the drills you need to do to help you become a better runner. But I want you to go run with your friends or your coach or your running group because, you know, I'm not everything. So I'm that one thing. And and this it's the loyalty thing. You know, ideally, so Natasha's been amazing because she – she and I know each other. We trust each other. We work, you know, we're professionals that way. Every coach should be that way. By the way, it's the same thing at my gym. Like I have a guy that does specific coaching for Olympic lifting because Valerie's not the Olympic lifting specialist. Mm -hmm. So we bring somebody that that's what they do. So they can help people lift a little bit better. And, and my members respect that. Right. Right. They don't. Oh my gosh. I'm going to leave Valerie for this Olympic lifting guy. They think, oh, this is great. Now we're, you know, it's, it, we work together. Good. And so running should be the same because honestly, Natasha doesn't have time. Not that she doesn't have time, but she's got a lot of athletes. She's a triathlete coach. And if she can spend, send someone for specific things, that's just going to help her job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, and, way, and she doesn't have time. <laughs> I'm just going to vouch no, for her. <laughs> with new baby, new life. But, okay. you know, but like, it, it's like anything else. So what the fear is, and it's an ego also, right? That as, as your coach, if, if I'm needing to do that, there's probably a bit of, wow, maybe I'm not doing it right. I'm not communicating enough. I'm not, does that make sense? And absolutely. so, and so we, that's what you and I and Natasha and, and some other coaches are doing is we're building that feeling of the athlete thinking, you know what? I have a massage therapist. I go see a physical therapist. I go see, you know, it's just another person to help you better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just wanted to get that out there because I do think there's a slight hesitancy when I talk to some of my friends to go see you because they're part of, you know, this loyalty group. And so I just wanted to get that out there. But can you tell us uh, a little bit now? We talked about everything and I absolutely love you and I think you're amazing. So where do you train live for anybody who is interested? And, and please tell them about, I know you have a CrossFit studio and then tell us what these online options are. Okay. So in Austin, I train Tuesday, Thursdays at five 30 in the morning at it all at Murkison middle school track, seven, eight, seven, three, one's the zip. Um, the learning class is Saturday mornings at seven 30. And that's an, a basic one hour intro class that is always open for anybody. So that's always there. The Tuesday, Thursdays, if you wanted to get some speed training in. But the learning class right now is Saturday mornings at 730. And I also do clinics. So if you go on my, when you go on the site, you'll see that. 
So that's right now what I'm doing live. I also do personal training and I do the personal training. Either we meet at a track somewhere or I just have you come to my gym. Uh, I own BBM CrossFit and don't be scared. It's just me and it's (laughs) just getting you stronger in your body. You know, Um, my husband's the B of BBM and we just laugh because I've been in weight training for a long time and I'm not huge, but I tell women like, you know, there's a definite benefit to being strong and fit, you know, and endurance fit. But uh, for for just running training, the reason I use my gym is, A, because I'm here all the time. And also, I have a really great running learning setup. I have a little run lab inside my gym. So anybody can come whenever they want. And I also don't, uh, my online coaching, let's go that way. So online, you can do a video analysis with me. You can do a video analysis plus a three, two, one run, which is just the basic running progression. And what's really exciting is I'm launching on Monday a subscription-based side of the site where for I think we're going to be five bucks a month, you can learn to run with Valerie Hunt, meaning you can actually go through the learning with me virtually. So if you don't live in Austin or even if you do live in Austin, this is a great way. It's going to be just a, a literally a weekly progression. The nice part about it is kind of like Kim said, you know, she spent three months initially working on these drills. Well, this is what you'll be doing, except you'll be working with me. And at any point, you can reach out. Like, this is great. I feel like when I was first learning and I didn't have anybody, you know, Romanoff's in Miami, so he couldn't be here with me. You don't, when you can't get feedback, it's hard to know what you're doing right or wrong. So my thought is, as people are going through the learning, they can ask me questions. I'm going to connect people like on a forum so that they can see the questions. Because like you're saying, like once you do it and it's not strange in a sense to be practicing these drills or, you know, that kind of thing. And it's normal in the community. That's great. But a lot of people, once they learn, they go back to their running group or they're at home by themselves. And how do they really know they're doing it right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people stop practicing simply because one, as you know, initially the drills are a little strange or they feel awkward. You don't know if it's right or wrong. So my thought is if I'm with you and I can keep, you know, supporting you, encouraging you, correcting you, then A, the learning progression should be a little faster and you've got someone to give you that feedback. Yes, that's awesome. Like, yeah, when I was doing it, I wanted, I, I think I kept telling you, like, I want a, a video that I can do with you every day. Like, I, it was sort of hard for me to read it on paper and, and do it on my own. So what an incredible thing that you're building online that excites me. And of course, since I'm the total online coach, I love when I see other people take their, their passions online and you will reach so many people all over the world, which is awesome. Tell us, what is your website? How can people contact you? Okay, my website is runrx.fit. All right, runrx.fit. So they can contact you through there, and then they can see what all of your online offerings are there as well? Right, and and if they wanted to, uh, it, it should be. I mean, if you go on the site, by the way, if you go on the site, there's a place for you to put your email address in, and then which is great, obviously, for me and for you. We can get to each other. But you should be able on the site, there's a contact me, so there's okay. not a problem. Uh, I also have an Instagram of RunRx, which is just doing great, by the way. It's uh, growing on its own, and it's just daily little tips. Um, of course, you can friend me on Facebook. Yeah, what, what, <laughs> what is your Facebook um, handle? Well, unfortunately, my Facebook handle is, uh, is Run all caps, R-U-N space A-T-X. Okay. So wow. we have, we're waiting on Facebook to change the name over to Run RX also. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's good for all of you listening. Follow her on Facebook or Instagram because she posts videos every single day of like great exercises you should do. Like I literally watch them every day. I get so excited and I usually post something on them because I'm like, oh, that's totally for me. I need this one or lots of videos that'll definitely help you. So definitely give her a follow. And I'm so excited because you're offering a ridiculous discount to all of the listeners today. Um, Anybody who is interested 
you can get 50% off video analysis and the 3 to one run that she's offering online. That is like, I'm, I almost told her not to do a discount that big because it's so ridiculous and generous, <laughs> but she's only going to offer it for three weeks to all of uh, you guys listening to the podcast. The discount code is earn that body in all caps. So I highly recommend it. If you live in Austin or if you don't, she does this tremendous video analysis that is really going to help you and the 321 run as well. So you can check all that out on her website. And I really can't thank you enough, Valerie, for everything you've done for me and for the information and for all you do for the running community. Well, thank you so much, Kim. It's been just a great relationship building with you. I'm so excited for your races coming up. And thank you for introducing me to your audience. I really hope that uh, some of you guys take me up on this offer. And even if you just have questions about your run or just want to ask me questions about anything, I'm really open. Just send me an email. And please, no, no question is not answerable for me. I'm happy. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing all the new stuff you have offering on your website soon. Thank you, Kim. Okay. Well, there you have it. Valerie Hunt, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I don't know about you guys, but I'm totally inspired to even go back and work on my form again for pose running because definitely it is something that you have to continue to practice to perfect it. And uh, man, if falling, if falling is the key and that got Valerie from an 8.30 to a 6.30 pace, I'm going to work on my fall. There you go. Don't forget an amazing discount she's offering to everybody. It is only going to be valid for three weeks. So if you are interested, definitely go to her website at www.runrx.fit. All right, runrx.fit. The discount code for her video analysis and run123 run is earn that body. It is all caps. That is a tremendous discount. I think it's $46 after the discount, and you will never see that price again from Valerie. So definitely jump on it. Follow her on Instagram because honestly, those videos that she does like every day, they are fantastic. RunRx is her handle on Instagram. And for right now, her handle on Facebook is RunATX. Check her out. I hope you found it helpful for all of you runners out there. I know it's been incredibly helpful to me. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out to Valerie. Talk to you next week. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.